Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, A few days later, in verse 2, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. That's Jesus. Verse 3, some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above. I hope no one does that today in my church. He says they made an opening in the roof above. Above Jesus by digging through it. This sounds pretty hardcore stuff. They dug through the roof. And then lowered the mat the man was lying on. Verse 5 says, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Verse 6, now some teachers of the law, this is the religious crowd. There's always a religious crowd in the church, isn't there? There's always the religious bunch who were watching. He says, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This massive crowd. He says, this amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. What an amazing story. What an amazing story. If you didn't just catch that, we're talking about Jesus in a room in Capernaum in his home village. Crowds in the, in the room. Crowds outside the building that no one could even get to the front door. That's the kind of church you want. No one could get to the front door. And then it says that four men came carrying a man, their friend, on this mat. And they must have got to this house and they see there's the crowds there. They know Jesus is back in town. He's been going around Galilee, healing the sick and doing lots of great things. The news gets around. Unfortunately, then there was no Facebook updates to tell them when he was, where he was, or status updates to say Jesus is back in Capernaum, just chilling out at the house. No, 
There was none of that. The people knew. Let me tell you, even without Facebook status updates, they knew Jesus was in town. They knew this person who had gone around healing the sick around Galilee was back. And they came, four men, with one of their friends on a mat, paralyzed. The first thing they see is, oh, we're a little bit late. We can't get through this crowd. And it says they get to the house and they climb up onto the roof. Many of you probably know that a lot of the houses then would have been flat roofs with steps at the side. And they went onto the roof. I can imagine the people around thinking, what are you doing? Who says you can go on the roof? We've been waiting all day for this. I know we've been to things before and we have queued for hours to get somewhere. And when you queue for hours to hold your place, if someone comes and pushes in, you get a little bit grumpy, don't you? We did it recently. We went to the Tour de France when it was in Cambridge and we stood. We, we got down there really early to get our position and we weren't going to move. We'd had the kids next to us. We were using the kids to get our places ready. They wondered what we were doing. And we waited there for quite a long time. And just as it always happens, as soon as the Tour de France came through, a person came up and he starts pushing in. And I had to just, you know, I had to be loving and say, please take your position. I've been waiting here hours, but you can have it. But it's true. These people would have looked and said, we've been here hours. And you just rock up. And think you can go straight in. But these men didn't just try and go through the front door and say, can we push through? They went onto the roof, it says. And they started to dig through the roof. What happens then is that Jesus looks up and he starts to see the roof opening up as someone's digging it through. And the first thing he says to him, he says, your son, son your sins are forgiven. I want to talk to you today in this message. The title of it is Extreme Makeover. Extreme Makeover. I believe that this story is not just a, a little fairy tale story. It's true. This is a story that shows us it's even before the church in the book of Acts was birthed when Jesus had died and rose again. I think it paints a good picture of what church should be like. And I think it should challenge our preconceived ideas of what church is and who Jesus is and what he can do for you. It will challenge your preconceived ideas of church because I'll tell you this, when have you ever heard that church should be like this? Crowds outside let me tell you, you can go around most churches today, you can find a seat. You can find a seat. But they went and it was crowded. It's because Jesus was there. It will challenge this story, our preconceived ideas of who Jesus is. The religious bunch were sat in that house. They had front row seats, didn't they? They weren't up on the roof. Oh yeah, they had front row seats. But even those who were in the front row seats were challenged about the religious system they were in. And I want to say to you today, you might have come to church for years, you might never have been to church, whatever it is. But there's one thing for sure. 
Whatever it is, we need to be challenged sometimes on what church is really about. What Jesus is about and what he came to this earth for and what his objective is. The first thing today I want to say is number one is deconstruct your view. Deconstruct your view. Mark 2 verse 4 that we've just read it says this. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above. And they dug through and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. I don't know about you but I can just imagine inside this house, let's call it the church, it's a gathering of people, that's what church should be about, people gathered to be with Jesus, and signs and wonders happen, and it's a tangible presence of Jesus, and these people were sat in there looking and listening to Jesus, even the religious ones, then all of a sudden, just think of it from inside the room, all of a sudden the room, roof, Soil and bits of debris starts to fall. As they dug through. They must have thought, wait a minute. This is breaking into our system. This is not part of the, this is not on the plan. This is not part of the church meeting. What's happening here? And the roof starts to open up. But what does Jesus do? It doesn't let him, it doesn't phase Jesus. In fact, Jesus concentrates all his attention on the roof rather than the people in the, in the room. He looks up and sees this hole beginning to appear in the roof. He sees a hole appearing and this hole is, is signifying someone who is desperate. Desperate to see Jesus. When was the last time you were desperate? Some of us, we're not desperate enough sometimes. If we can't get a car park spot, then we're not desperate. We're not coming. But Jesus is saying, since when are you desperate enough to come into my house? The crowds were all around this building. This this wasn't a synagogue or a temple. It was a home. Let me tell you this. I believe church should be like that. It should be like a home. When you come in here, it shouldn't be some religious place that you're scared to come into. It should be like a home that's welcoming. It should be a place that's just like a house. I think Jesus got it all sorted then when he said, this is the model. There should be people coming to see me, no one else, not the religious people. And it should be like a welcome home. I hear so many people who I've prayed for and they say that when they come and they say to me, It feels like I've come home. It feels like I've come home. Let me tell you, when I was, when I was away from God and I did all the things that I wanted to do and I came back here, even though I was 125 miles away from the church I grew up in, when I came in this house, I was home. And the reason I was home is this. It's not about that it was the same denomination. It's because I knew Jesus was here. It was home. It was home to me. Deconstruct your view. Jesus said, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. We need to deconstruct our physical view sometimes. You say, I don't want to, I know, I know what church should be like. I know that it should be, I have this particular thing in my mind of what it should be. 
I believe Jesus challenges that to the core. Why would you want to be in a church where you get dirt falling on you when the hole starts appearing in the roof because someone is fanatical about their faith? See, these guys had mustard seed faith. They were, do- they were digging away at a roof, trying to get to Jesus. They were bringing their faith. In fact, the first thing that Jesus says to them is this. He, he sees and likes their faith. He likes and loves their faith. That they would come and do this. And I believe God is interested in a people in a church that is prepared to dig roofs and mess things up. And also for a church where you're prepared to get dirty and you don't mind. You don't mind if you don't have your seat every week that you sit in. You don't mind if you don't have your car park spot every time you come. You don't mind if you have the same cup downstairs when you arrive. Jesus wants a church here where people come in and they don't mind if it's just changed all of a sudden. Something different happens because God is in the business of looking up to people who are prepared to dig roofs. And I want to challenge you today. That's what church is. And that's what we should be like. People who are going to deconstruct our view to get to Jesus. Some people think that church is, is just full of super people. That we're all great people in here. Let me tell you this, that I'm just a sinner just as much as anyone else. I'm just as bad as anyone else. But I know that my father has sent his son from heaven. And he paid the price on the cross to acquit all of my sin. So that I could be covered so when I know that I'm a sinner, I said, Jesus, I know that you paid the price for me. Everything you did on the cross for me is dealt with. I'm not super good. I'm not super special. And neither are you. You may think you are. We may think we are sometimes, but we're not. We're just like anyone else. Jesus said he come not for the healthy. He come for the sick. He come for the ones who were desperate to see Him. He came for the ones who were desperate to see Him. And Jesus couldn't have demonstrated this any more in His life than He did on the cross. Let me tell you, if you're saying, this is just totally challenging my view of who Jesus is. Jesus deconstructed Himself to reconstruct you. Jesus took himself and deconstructed himself to reconstruct you he challenged the very religious people of that day the people who knew thought they knew what church religion was about he deconstructed himself to reconstruct us let us look at this john 2 it should come up on the screen in john 2 verse 18 John 2 verse 18, this is the the little bit of the story of when Jesus walks into the temple in Jerusalem and sees all the money changers in the temples buying and selling things. He says, when he'd gone in there and he had knocked over all these tables, you may have seen it on Jesus of Nazareth, when he comes in and he gets angry and he knocks over all these tables, he says, "This, this should be a house of prayer. And people are buying and selling in the temple. 
And the Jews respond to him and they say this, what sign can you show us to prove of your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them and he said, destroy the temple, this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it again in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Jesus said to those people in the temple, he said to them, this is not a house where you should be buying and selling and exchanging coins They were exchanging money there. He said, this is a place of prayer. And he said, I am going to give myself. This is my words. I'm going to give myself. I'm going to deconstruct myself. I'm going to, you're going to see me destroyed. But in three days, I will rise from the dead. I'm the temple that I'm talking about. Not this physical place. This real temple is me, Jesus said. And I'm going to submit myself to die to bring to life a living church. John 12, 32 says, When I am lifted up from the earth on the cross, I will draw all people to myself. Jesus is the one that draws people. It's not men. It's not women. It's Jesus. He is the one that drew the crowds. He is the one that they tried to find out when they knew that he'd put a status update and said, I'm back in town. They'd heard the stories. They thought, that's it. We're getting there to the home. Because that's where it's all happening. Some of us need to deconstruct our religious view of who Jesus is. I speak to many people today and I'm shocked. Sometimes Christians... I'm shocked that they don't believe that Jesus is doing the same things he did in the Bible as what he he can do today. I believe he can. I speak to people and they just don't seem challenged by this. And I say it many times. But if we aren't seeing these things, then what is it? What are we doing? We're just becoming religious people. We're just becoming a church that looks good. It looks good on the inside, the outside. But it has no tangible presence of Jesus Christ. Jesus wants us to start digging roofs. He wants us to not start worrying about what what it's like and what it looks like and presentation to people all the time. But it's about people. Jesus was more interested in the people on the roof than he was in there. Because the ones inside were challenging him. They didn't believe that he had the authority to forgive sins. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, it says this. Satan, who is the God of this world. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. It says it here, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, that the God of this age, and do you know that is? That is Satan. It tells us clearly here that, that God has allowed Satan to be the God of this age. Lowercase g. 
But he has allowed him and people are blinded to see the glory of Christ. Some people we meet, they're blinded to see that there is something else. That Jesus is back in town. That he's real and he's here. And my objective in my life is for people not to be physically, not just physically blind, but to see that Jesus is here. To tell people that Jesus is here, you know. You may not have heard it, but he's here. And he is in the house. You see, the God of this age wants to blind us so we don't know this simple, simple truth. He doesn't want you to go and have to think about buying a spade and digging a roof. He wants you to go and walk up and see the crowd and look at the people and think, what's all that about? I'm not going to get involved in that. In fact, I don't want to get my hands dirty. I don't want to go any closer. I don't want to have to dig to get closer. And Sometimes the enemy wants us to give up and say, don't come any closer. But Jesus knew that if you were to open that roof, if you were to come that little bit closer, that a miracle would happen that day for that man. Number two, I want you to discover the real you. When they dug the roof for the paralyzed man, they get eye contact straight away with Jesus. They open this big root, this hole in the roof, and they look down and they see Jesus there. Boy, I wish I could have seen that. And they look down and they see, and Jesus must have looked up and caught their eye and thought, oh, that, that's the ones who've been making all this noise. That's the ones who've been making all this dirt and this rubble fall on us. You're the ones, yeah? And they destroyed the roof, and Jesus looked up. And he was wowed by their faith that they would take that roof off to see him. The first thing he says to them, he says, he says, son, your, your sins are forgiven. I find this amazing. When you look at this story, sometimes when we read these stories, we glimpse over them. But I don't know about you, but if I was sat in that room, and they started to dig a hole. And Jesus starts to look up. And the hole's there. And all the people and the religious guys are in there. And they look up and see this happening. When they finally open the hole and they look down. I'm surprised that the people in the room weren't thinking that Jesus' first question would be. What have you done to my roof? What have you done? What have you done to this place? Look. We've got to pay for a new roof. We've got to do this. What are you guys thinking? Couldn't you just wait till I'd finished? Couldn't you just wait till I come out and then I could see you? And he doesn't even talk to them in this story or give any conversation about what they've just done. He doesn't even talk about the paralysis. He doesn't say straight away, oh, I can see you've got a friend up there who's paralyzed. He's, he cannot move his body. He's, he's lying on this mat. He doesn't even say to the four men or the man on the mat, he doesn't say, yes, I see you have a problem with paralysis. Lower down and I can heal you. The first thing he tells him is this, I can forgive you of your sin. 
I can forgive you of your sins. Let me tell you, you might think this is just a simple thing, but of the day the religious people would have listened to him, and they did, and they would have said, who on earth is this? To say that he has authority to acquit this man's sin. To cover his sin. The religious people sat there, and they whispered among themselves, saying, how can this person, Jesus, talk like this? How can he talk like this? How can he say that he has authority to forgive sin? But let me tell you today, what Jesus was doing right at that very moment was revealing to the man his biggest problem. The first thing he had to say to him is, I know you've just dug a hole. I know you're just about to lower him down. And I know that he has paralysis. I know all these things, but let me tell you this. This guy has a bigger problem than paralysis in his body. He is paralyzed with sin, but he doesn't see it. He's paralyzed with sin. And he looked up and saw, and he knew he had the ability to heal this man. But yet he said to him, son, your sins are forgiven. He could have just done a spectacular display of saying, lower the man down, watch what I'm about to do. I'm about to heal him, then you're all going to believe. But he didn't do that. He hit with the main message first. He said this, son, your sins are forgiven. That got the room rocking. That got the religious people talking. Because they said, who is this to say he can forgive his sins? We've heard he's been healing sick. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like, we've, we've seen this kind of stuff before, magic and all this kind of stuff, but he can heal, he can heal, but he can also forgive sin. The greatest thing that that man could receive that day was not to walk again, but it was to walk with Jesus Christ in his heart. I don't know if you've ever seen and makeover programs on the TV and I don't watch these things but when they get the people and they they take all their makeup off first they, they I don't know if you've ever seen this there's these ones where they they take everything off them and they show them for their real self and then they say we're gonna put you back together in a way that we think and they reveal the true person underneath that day I believe that not only was Things shaken up by the makeover of the church and how the church should be. But the first thing that Jesus was doing is on that makeover, he was taking off and revealing the true self. He was revealing the true self before he would perform something that would change this person forever. He was revealing the person underneath. The person that's hidden underneath. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Did you hear that? Every single one of us are sinners. Every single one of us have not hit the mark. Every single one of us are not perfect. Isn't it good news today that Jesus says, I sent, he, he came to this earth and he died on a cross And he took all of our sins. And all we have to do is believe on him. That's all we have to do. 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This man right here had been bound to this mat. They lowered him down on this mat. He couldn't even walk. They'd carried him along all four corners on this mat and lowered him through the roof. I tell you, we need public liability insurance to just have a hole in this roof, but never mind lowering someone with ropes. They were lowering this man, and whatever way they did it, I've got no idea, but they lowered him down from the roof. They were taking big risks, and this man was bound to this mat. I don't know what you can be bound to today, but there's things in your life that you can be bound to, you can be attached to, just like this man had a mat. And he was bound to this for years from paralysis. And some of us today can be bound to certain things in our life, things that we carry around our mat every day, and we just accept it. We just accept that this is the way it is. This is the status quo. This is what life has dealt me. The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so they don't see the glorious riches of Christ. I want to have a Christian walk where I can see Jesus. I can see Jesus. I can see what he's doing for me today, that he can set me free from my bound mat. He can set me free from the things that have bound me. We shouldn't be carried along by what this world has to offer. Matthew 7 talks about that there's a narrow and a wide gate that we can follow. He says, Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many people enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. I'm afraid that this is the way it is. Our Christian walk will always be seeing that we're on a narrow path. We see a wide road that leads to destruction. But Jesus says there's another way. There is another way. Your sins can be forgiven. You can walk even though it's a narrower path. But it will lead to life. And only a few people will find it. I want to be one of those few. I want to be one of those few that is set free from the thing that has bound me. What is it that's paralyzed you today? What is it? Is it sickness? Is it pain? Is there something that you're addicted to? That you're in bondage to and all you do is every day you are so used to carrying this mat around. You've not learned to live a life without your mat. And you're bound to it. Sometimes I believe that even as looking at a church being the makeover of a church, that the church can become paralyzed. They can be just the same bound to doing things like the world. Not being different. And there's no distinction between the world and church. Jesus said, 
I can heal this man of paralysis. The people wouldn't believe that he could forgive sin. And next he was about to perform a miracle upon this man and cure him of his paralysis. I don't know about you, but I'd have loved to have been there that day. I'd have loved to have been there that day when the religious people were watching. They were looking at what was happening. They were observing in this room of what was happening. They were challenged right to the core. Can this man really do what he says he can do? And I want to tell you today that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the healer. He is the one who loves us. He has always loved us and that's why he sent his son for us. Finally, number three, dare to be different. Dare to be different. When people have the makeovers and they're, they're changed and they sometimes show on, a, on, on the screen on TV, they'll show them what they can be like with these new computers and Things in software, they can say, this is what you can be like. This is what we can do. This is what you could have. And I want to tell you today that Jesus was presenting to this man that day two things. You can have a new life and you can be born again of the Spirit of God. Forgiven of your sin. But you can also be free and actually walk out of this building. Instead of going back up through the roof. Two things he was offering that day. He gave him a makeover image. He said, this is what I can do for you. I feel sorry for the guy actually sometimes who sat there when Jesus having all these conversations with the religious crowd and he sat there thinking, when is someone going to deal with me? You see, Jesus is not talking much to him at first. He's talked to the religious people about him. He's probably thinking, no, they've lowered me so that I can be healed. What's all this about sin? And he was laying there waiting. But all the time what he was getting is a picture of what he can have that day. Jesus was talking with the religious people saying, do you realize what I can do for this man? I can forgive him of his sin and I can get him to walk again. And they watched. The four men would have watched around their friend. And he gets a picture, the makeover picture of what life he can have. And he can have a different identity. Jesus says, get up and walk. Get up and walk and go home. Boy, he didn't say, he doesn't say to him, stick around for the next few songs. Stick around, we want you to stay here. He says, go home. Because let me tell you this, when Jesus comes inside of you, it's not about physical buildings. Church is the place we need to be to be together. But let me tell you, when the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of you, you will want to run back again. You will want to come back to where Jesus is. You want to follow Jesus on Twitter. You want to find out where he is and what he's up to and what he's doing. Because that's what I am always wanting to do. I always want to be at the center and find out where he is and what he's doing. And when he said to this man, get up, walk and go home, he knew that his life would be changed forever. Because he knew that it wasn't just about him physically changed. He knew that inside his heart, the Spirit of God would challenge him and release him. This man had an opportunity to go home 
with a new identity. Not the man who everyone knew in the village with a mat. Not the man who was in the village that everyone knew lays on his bed all day and can't move. The man who's bound to the mat. And some of us today are known in our lives. We just, we just know that every day we have got this image of ourselves that we've accepted. We don't want, we don't know if we want this different identity. Is this something we want? I don't know if I want to accept what I've got used to and I know. But Jesus was offering a new identity. I want to just show you on here, if we turn to John 3. John chapter 3, verse 1. John chapter 3 verse 1 talks about another religious character. A bit like one of the ones who was in that room that day who watched Jesus and had all these conversations. His name is Nicodemus. And Nicodemus has a little secret conversation with Jesus one night. Because Nicodemus recognized the difference between religion and authentic Christianity. He realized The difference between what he was serving and what he was doing. And it says he met with Jesus. Verse 1 says this in John chapter 3. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He was a religious man. He came to Jesus at night when no one could see him. And said, Rabbi, that means teacher, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied to Nicodemus. He replied to the man, this religious man who had seen that church isn't about religion. He replied to him and said this, truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Jesus said to Nicodemus, it's not about all the things you've learned of head knowledge. It's not about how you have learned to be in in the temple. It's about being born again of the Spirit of God. In other words, you need a new life. You need a new life to walk free of sin. Not knowledge. The paralyzed man, he gets up from the mat and begins to walk. This is the kind of meetings we want to be in. We want to be in the meetings when Jesus does something and he gets up and he walks. And starts to walk out of the room. Have you noticed this? He has no problem getting out of the building. He has a problem getting in. He has no problem getting through the crowds. Because all of a sudden the crowds are watching and they're seeing, wow, this is what it's all about. This is it. This is it. And he has no issues in getting out of the building because Jesus has just touched him. And he walks straight through. He could never get in to start with. But now he walks out. He walks straight through all of the people. He says he took, he got up and he took his mat. He rolled up his mat and he begins to walk out with the mat 
that's bound him for years underneath his arm. And he walks through the crowd with this rolled up mat. You imagine the people who are outside who have not even heard the conversations. They've not seen any of this. What we've just been looking at. This stood outside trying to peer through the door. By now they're probably on the roof looking through the hole. Still no room for some at the back. But all of a sudden the guy they've just seen walk past them on a stretcher. He's walking out with the stretcher underneath his arm. They'd have been thinking, what on earth is happening inside there? I wish I'd have got a front row ticket. I wish I could have seen this. Let me tell you this. When Jesus changes you, you can walk through anywhere. You can get through anywhere. They had to deconstruct their view to get to him. But he opened up their path. And he walked straight out in front of everyone. He came through the roof. And he went out through the door. He came through the dirty roof. He came and brought all of his problems. And let me tell you, when you bring your problems and all your trash that you have, and we've all got it, there's some dirt. There's some rubbish. And Jesus is willing to sit there and let the dirt fall on him. He's willing to sit in that house and let the dirt fall on him because he's interested in looking for the ones who want him most. And when he does that, he says, son, your sins are forgiven. Get up and walk and leave through the front door. You don't have to scramble back. You don't have to climb through the roof again. You can go through the front door. He received a complete makeover. He not only saw church for what it should be, but he himself received a complete makeover. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 to 19, it says this, If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. I want to tell you here this word that he uses. That Paul uses is a Greek word. And it's, it might mean nothing to you. But it's katalaso. Which is for reconciliation. The ministry that we're in is the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus was a reconciler. He brought people back to the Father. He said, look, there is a way back. There is a way, even though it's quite difficult and it's dirty and you have to bring your sin, I can deal with everything. But I am in the ministry of reconciliation, says Jesus. That same Greek word, kataloso, which is used for reconciliation, to exchange, to exchange and, and to bring right, to make right with God. The same word, kataloso, is the same word used for the money exchanges in the temple. In other words, Jesus says, I'm not, my church is not about people coming and just having a good time and exchanging money and doing this kind of thing and having stalls and as good as church can look like that. But my ministry is about exchanging my, your sin 
for me to set you free. He went into that place that day, didn't he? He looked as as he knocked over the tables. And he didn't want it to be a place like that. And some churches today can even be like that. That it's more like a business than a church. But Jesus says, I'm into reconciling, exchanging your rubbish for my goodness. For my forgiveness. He wants to exchange our sin and give us freedom. And finally, He wants us, when we dare to be different, to be public about our faith. Verse 12 says this, The man walked out in full view of them all. He says, This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Let me tell you this, that not only did he get healed of paralysis, not only did he get up and he takes the thing that's bound him for years and he walks straight out through the front door, not only does he do all this, he walks out and he walks right past all the people, all the people who have seen him, and he is public in full view of them all. I know this, that when I gave my heart to Jesus, when I gave everything I am to him, there were people in my life I worked with, And I had to change right in front of them. And it wasn't I was changing out of my own, trying to be some good person. I just wanted to be different. And I'll never forget the meeting I had. And forgive me if I've told this story before, but I met with my boss. And I put an hour in the diary just a week after I'd got saved and given my heart to Jesus. And I I had been in the working with this guy for years. And I put an hour in the diary to meet with him. And I told him everything about what had happened to me. I said... Jesus has totally changed my life. He has totally changed me inside. I don't want to do the things I used to do. And he couldn't understand straight away and I could understand why. But I said, I'm free. He said, how can you be free if you've got to restrict yourself from all the things you can't do? I said, it's not like that. I said, when you are free from sin, when you are free from the penalty of sin, You feel fully free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. The more and more I become public about my faith. And I didn't just say I'm just somebody who attends church and I'm a religious person. The more I become public, the more I saw Jesus make himself realer and more real. Through me and in my life. And I want to encourage you today that as that man walked out in full view of them all, he made it public. He made a public statement. He received the complete makeover that Jesus had just offered in that room. He looked at the screen on the computer and said, yes, I can see that this would be absolutely fantastic if I could have this. Do it. I'll have everything. I'll have everything you've got to offer, Jesus. I want it all. I don't just want part of it. I don't just want the healing. I want to be free. I don't just want healing and this part of me. I want everything you have to offer. Because let me tell you this. Jesus is not someone who can only do certain things. He's not someone who can only heal certain things. He can do anything. He is a God of the impossible. 
He is a God of the impossible. And He can heal the sick. He healed the many people in the Bible. And let me tell you and remind you of what He has been doing in our midst. He is healing people. Touching lives. Changing lives. Setting people free from addictions and broken lives. This man said, yep, I want it. I want what you've got to offer, Jesus. Jesus said, get up. He didn't stand there doing some prayer for a long, long time. He didn't stand there like some religious person saying, yeah, let me just say this certain type of prayer because I'm so good. He said, get up. Your faith has made you well. Your faith in me, that I am the one who can heal, says Jesus. He walked out and he says the people were amazed. The church today, for people, not even people who attend it, for anyone who observes it, should be people like outside of that house that day. They were amazed. If people are not amazed, then there is some question about what's happening inside the house. There's some question about what's happening inside that building. If people outside feel like they don't want to get in the house and all they want to do is do their chores and do their hobbies and they don't want to go around that house. But it says that people wanted to get in. I want to encourage you and challenge you. Your makeover of what church should be today. Church should be a place where people are eager to get there. Because Jesus is in there and he's active. Amen. Praise God. If Sam, if you want to just come back and be ready for the worship. The Bible is very clear to us in Matthew 10. Matthew 10, verse 32 to 33, that we should acknowledge him. We should be public. He says, whoever acknowledges me, says Jesus, before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Jesus is asking us to acknowledge him, be public. Dare to be different. Dare to take on this new makeover that someone has to offer you. Dare to be challenged in your preconceived ideas of what church is. To take this complete makeover... Because what have we read already? The enemy has blinded the minds. He wants us to think differently. He wants us to think that church is about a religious bunch of people who think they're goody two-shoes. Well, welcome to the place full of sinners saved by grace. Welcome to the place where we're prepared for our roof to be destroyed, to see Jesus active. I believe that we only see Jesus active in the places where we're prepared for him to mess things up a little bit. Holy Spirit, come right now in this place. Jesus. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.